Monday. Hey everybody, James here from Beaver Does Movies. Welcome for another daily movie review. For this week, I've decided to do a horror movie week. How that is different from anything else. It's just like maybe adding an extra movie or two for the week because I'm a hardcore movie fan. So the first one, unfortunately, is not a good one. Uh, spoiler alert for the rest of this review. Uh, you can leave now if you want. But I watched 1983's Mortuary, directed by Howard Avidas, and starring a super young Bill Paxton. And like, this is how young he is. This is before Terminator. Uh, just after Stripes, but before Terminator. And so let's uh, get into it. The good, first of all, is Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton in this movie. Uh, spoiler alert, he's the killer in this movie. And just so good. Real, real good. If you're a fan of Bill Paxton, for, uh, make sure you, because uh, I'm pretty much just going to be talking about Bill Paxton in this movie because he's the highlight and the only thing good in this. Uh, throw in your favorite Bill Paxton moments uh, down below. And so this movie is uh, about a woman convinced that her father's death was not accidental. A beautiful girl decides to investigate to find out the truth. Aided by her boyfriend, a sleuth and draws her to a local mortuary where many secrets will be revealed. And the secrets are... Eh. Uh, this movie is kind of lame. It's pretty much a slasher. And it, it makes a lot of bad decisions in it. A good slasher is only as good as its murders. And the murders are super lame. Uh, cool weapon because it's like this uh, embal embalming rod which should be cool, but for some reason, it's just really, really hokey when they do uh, stab somebody because it's almost repeatedly and it doesn't even match up with the swings from the killer into the thing. So there's a lot of choppy editing in this. Uh, like I said, Bill Paxton is pretty much amazing. There's a funny scene where uh, his character is threatening the main character. And you know it's Bill Paxton. You know it's him. Uh, you can tell by the gap in his teeth that it's him. And yet they're still trying to like hide that it's Bill Paxton. And it's it's goofy. And the like it is also super predictable. And there's no shock. It's just, yeah, it's him. Like even from the beginning, it's like they mention, hey, his mom died and he's been screwy ever since. Oh, his dad used to lock him in the mortuary. And so, like, yeah, that's definitely the killer. Uh, there's no twist or anything like that. And so I I found it lame. Uh, it is. It does have the gratuitous um, um, sex, as you can see in a slash. Like, probably even more like that. There's, there's borderline, like, softcore porn. Uh, in so, some in some of the sex scenes in this movie, I'm like, holy fuck, it's like close. But other than that, I, Bill Paxton is the only one to save this, and he's really hokey. And he's re he he almost saves the movie. He almost boosts it up to a a, a two blanks movie for me. But unfortunately, because of everything else. The super lame kills. There's nothing really creative. It's just the Obama's rod to the stomach. And even then, they don't do anything interesting. It's just stabbing. Like, why can't you, like, inject something into it? And then you see, like, flowing out the uh, the body. Or, or even just, like, you know, just go creative and just do 
cool different stuff like throw somebody in an incinerator bury someone alive in a coffin you, you have all these tools of death literally and you don't use them and the only other good thing was they had an end of the movie stinger and i enjoyed the shit out of it it was it was goofy but it's like in a line with a lot of slashes that are around this time and it works but it's still goofy as shit but i loved it um it's still a bad movie. I'm still so as for my review, I'm gonna give this a one blank. But I am gonna say that this is a fun goofy movie. It's just bad. It's bad. Uh if if I could ever get a hold of this movie uh in a way that I could edit it, I'll just probably just edit the Bill Paxton scenes, cut up all the slash stuff, and it's just Bill Paxton for 10 minutes. And that's it. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much for uh, for checking out. I'm going to be checking out another horror movie tomorrow, and I'm going to check out The Unholy. I'm actually looking forward to checking this out. Also, I've noticed that because of my T-shirt, I'm now see-through. Check you tomorrow, guys. Hey, everybody, James here from Beaver Does Podcast Tuesday, and unfortunately, it's not going to be a good review. Uh, have you seen any bad horror movies lately? Please throw down in the uh, comments because I watched 2021's The Unholy starring Jeffrey D. Morgan, Jordana Brewster, and Carrie Car- Ewells. <sighs> this, in my opinion, is everything that is wrong with modern horror. It's real bad effects, real bad CGI, a story that just goes nowhere and i as i went on i just could care less and less this it's just a real bad uh movie in my opinion and uh i don't have much to say to it just because i could give a care about this movie like this movie it was produced by sam raimi and i'm starting to like trust sam raimi less and less if this is the stuff he kind of signs off on because this movie is so paint by the numbers so it was so trying to like ride off the coattails of jeffrey dean morgan just letting jeffrey dean morgan who is a good actor but when it's him trying to just negan it up but as a photographer rather than anything else it's just not good uh the the effects of the of the monster are some of the worst I have seen. If you remember the Bye Bye Man, uh, awful, truly, truly awful. Uh, just not scary in one bit. That you you see it within the first fifteen minutes of this movie, and I almost laughed just because of how terrible it was. Um, just. Everything about this is not good. This is probably right there in the worst because it's not even so bad it's good. It's just so bad it's boring. It's middling. It's just not good. I And so from there, uh, this is going to be a super short review because I have nothing to say about this movie that's good. There's nothing for it. So I'm going to give this a one blank.
So thank you for checking out. This is a short review. Uh, please like and uh, comment uh, if you've seen this or even if you've seen worse. Thank you, guys. And hopefully, cross fingers, we have a good one tomorrow. Hey, everybody. James here for Beaver Does Wednesday. Podcast. And we are here with another daily review. And I decided to check that graveyard that they call the horror section in Netflix. Uh, what do you think to the Netflix section? Uh, in my opinion, it often is lackluster and has some of the worst of the worst on their platform. Uh, have, have you found any gems on Netflix? Make sure you throw a, uh, a comment down below because I may have found a gem. I checked out Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight, a 2020 horror movie out of Poland. Uh, I think this is actually one of my first... Uh, Polish movies I have ever seen and my first attempt to watch this I tried watching this in dub I tried and honestly it really initially took me out I was like ugh um, bad dubbing all around it, it really did feel like they just hired a bunch of people and they were talking for way too long for the scenes to make it Look good. Luckily, there is a subversion that I could get into, and I ended up pretty much enjoying uh, that. And so from there, I, I, I would say this movie I really enjoyed. Um, some fantastic kills in this movie. There's uh, the the classic sleeper bag. There's the pole through the mouth. There's the wood chipper. Buried by the numbers, but it makes up for it with some uh, great gore, great effects. Uh, as for the killer, I'm I was super interested in what this killer was, and we even get a background. It's like a really weird, different background than what I was expecting. I thought it was just like some unknown monster that's in the forest, or like some hillbilly Jason style, but they actually go into something completely different, and. Sometimes when they try and explain what the killer is, sometimes it's kind of hokey. But in this, I was very intrigued by the setup of the killer and stuff like that. And I want to see more of these uh, killers. Apparently, in October 2021, they might even do a sequel to this. Uh, I don't know if it's been filmed or finished or anything like that. Sometimes when you uh, check a Wikipedia article, they uh, either a lie or it's so out of date that it doesn't actually happen. But I digress. Uh, it took a bit of while getting used to and feeling for the characters just because they speak a different language. And I often find when watching movies uh, in a different language, I can't connect with them as well because you can't hear the voice and the tone because you're trying to like figure out how they're saying it in the language because each language is in itself a different thing. So you you don't know if they're angry or sad or if they're doing it well. But from what I watched with this, uh, this movie was simple enough uh, as it was a uh, in the forest cannibalistic killer murdering teen. So that had what it's going for. Uh, the, the characters that they shown were really interesting. There was one who would just speak English and say movie quotes. So I was like, I want that guy to survive. And so, you know, that had it going for me. I, I liked the characters. I liked the way everything was set up. Uh, I had an interesting way of not having modern technology in that it was a camp to get away from technology. So 
I really enjoy this movie. Uh, Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight. My review, my rating for this is going to be a free blanks. Uh, some great effects, uh, interesting uh, ideas, uh, really well done, really well shot. I, I, I want to see more. Like that's a that's the epitome of a good movie when you want to see more of these characters, and I would love to see more. And so, yeah, so that is it. If you uh, if you've seen this movie, um, let me know what you thought. If you haven't, I definitely recommend it, especially if you're a gorehound or just in general a fan of slasher movies because uh, this really tops the bill as a fun slasher movie from Poland. So uh, from me, James, Lost in the Woods, I guess, I will catch you guys tomorrow. Hey, everybody. James here from Beaver Does Podcast, and we are back with another daily review uh, if you're Thursday. a fan of the Soul franchise, I actually kind of want to know. This is going to be a future video, a kind of maybe a stream where I go over the entire Soul, Soul franchise to see what is what I would consider the best one and what is considered the worst. And if you like the series or if you enjoy the series, uh, leave a comment and give you give what your opinion is the best Soul movie. Now, on to the review. And it is related because I watched Spiral from the Book of Saw, directed by a regular director of the Saw franchise, Darren Lynn Bozeman, starring Chris Rock, who actually introduced the story to the producers for this. Also, the amazing Samuel Jackson. And let's let's go into it. So this movie is pretty much a pure spin-off in the sense that only is there a passing reference to John Kramer? This is, spoiler alert, this is not a John Kramer, you know, 5D chess move. This isn't him planning or anything like this. This is actually something that a lot of fans actually kind of wanted to see if they ever did something like this, which was to be a, a movie where it's a complete copycat. It's no one related. To, it's not his. It's not his cousin or anything like that. It's more of, it's somebody taking John Kramer's work, being inspired by it, and then going on from there. Now, from there, super interesting. So, um, okay. So I got into this. I was pretty hyped. I, I like Chris Rock. His work on Fargo was fantastic. Samuel Jackson. You already sold me when he says you want to play games, huh, motherfucker? In the trailer. I was very interested. I also like the uh, Max uh, Minghella, who is in uh, Handmaid's Tale. He plays a fantastic uh, character in that. You know, love or hate him. But I really do feel that this was on the more... I'm all about creative freedom. I'm also about sometimes there being a guiding hand on these productions because sometimes... Uh, they go over the top with some things and you just kind of, sometimes the best creativity is you just need someone to guide it a little bit so that they don't go. This to me, just from what I've been watching, what I've been hearing, apparently there's a director's cut. This was chopped to shit. There was characters disappearing with no thing, with uh, no rhyme or reason, even though they were kind of integral in the beginning. So, uh, the good things with this was that there's um, some really cool kills in this. 
and they, in my opinion, kind of scaled back a little bit. Uh, by the end of the Soul franchise, they were doing really, really elaborate stuff. Whereas this, even though this still, still elaborate things, it's kind of a quite a bit grounded. It, there's not like crazy lasers or anything like that. Um, it, there is some things, but it felt like they were kind of going back to how the original saw was with like the whole ind industrial style. Uh, the thing that lets it down, like it's uh, great acting and great uh, everything else. Uh, the story, the story is one of the most predictable uh, soul movies going. I called it within the first 20 minutes and despite the great kills, the, the great performances, uh, Chris Rock, as I was saying, from time to time, I'm like, eh, eh, maybe, okay, all right. I did like that he brought in a bit of a comedic presence because that kind of brought you to him. But then there would just be parts where I couldn't take him seriously. I, I love when comedian actors try to be serious. One of my favorite examples is Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems. You got guys like Jim Carrey do it, you know, nail it out of the park with certain roles. But for me, for Chris Rock, like even though you did a fantastic in Fargo, in Fargo, there was parts where I couldn't stop. I, I thought he was doing a comedy bit rather than he was doing serious acting. And even though he kind of conveyed it in certain ways, there was parts which like completely took me out. Samuel Jackson was fantastic in this. Uh, Samuel Jackson is in my opinion underrated as an actor uh people just think he's just playing in samuel jackson but oftentimes he brings in different styles and different attitudes and in this it really sells it too you, you see multiple different sides of samuel jackson in this movie uh other than that the story in general just really brings it down in, in my opinion and i couldn't overlook that um despite you know, it being what I wanted. And hopefully, I'm really do hoping that if they carry on, I would love them to go more like, you know, small budget or onto streaming platforms, or even from what I've heard, a TV series where they have working on different copycats. Don't, don't have to keep going to John Kramer. This is a good example of that. You don't need John Kramer for Saw. You know, his legacy lives on with people taking his teachings and his ways and, you know, and even in this, uh, it doesn't go really in the whole balance of redemption, but it takes it and twists it. And I, I do like that idea that it's taking someone's word initially and twisting it into their own sense so that they that their own ideal are represented rather than, you know, these people are wasting their life. It, in this case, it's bad cops. And the intention is to eradicate the bad cops and create like this you know, crazy new Death Note style society, but from within. So, uh, like I said, I called the twist. And for that, uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was teetering on a free, but uh, I'm, I'm going to have to give this a two. It's a mediocre movie, in my opinion. And it kind of, it kind of peters out towards the end. Uh, the kills are good, but just, I, f I, f I think this is the second one. Like, I wasn't very uh, pleased with Jigsaw either. And I think it's the same ones. And I, I think it might be time to get some uh, new talent in for this franchise because I don't think these two guys are working, in my opinion. Uh, they've released two mediocre movies. 
that even make Soul 3D, which, you know, I enjoyed, but, you know, it's considered one of the weaker movies, and even that was better than this, in my opinion. So, yeah, it's definitely a two. And so uh, check me out tomorrow. We are going to be a bit later uh, just because of reasons, but I'm going to be doing The Conjuring for- uh, free, I believe it is. I think we're in the third one. So from one James Wan property to the nut to another, we're going to do uh, the Conjuring Free. The Devil Made Me Do It, which debuts tomorrow. So I'll catch you then, guys. Hey, everybody, James here from Beaver Does Podcast. We're here for another daily room review, and today we are doing a movie that was just released today. Friday. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, directed by Michael Chives. It is in the Conjuring universe. Uh, what do you think to the Conjuring universe? Uh, if you have a, if you have an opinion on the Conjuring universe, uh, please throw a, a message below. Uh, I feel Annabelle started off not very good, and it got better. The Nun wasn't good at all, and from everything I, from what I watched through this movie, it, the Conjuring, the the mainline universe uh, is getting bad. So. This is uh, based on a true story. Paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren take on one of the most sensational cases of their career after a cop stumbles upon a dazed and bloody young man walking down the road. Accused of murder, the suspect claims demonic possession as his defense, forcing the Warrens into a supernatural inquiry unlike anything they've ever seen before. Now, my opinion on this movie is this movie had in my opinion, a really strong opening. And then everything else in this movie just got worse and worse. It got so slow and so so boring, in my opinion, that I was, uh, I I was falling out of it. That, that opening with the exorcism of the small child was so good. It's in all the trailers. And then everything else is a police investigation. I was almost getting ready for them to do a whole court case about this. And that would be the whole movie. But instead, it's like they tried to shoehorn an investigation. And I, it kind of got a bit interesting towards the end. I liked uh, some aspects of it. But in my opinion, after the first two, which were really good, and then some like decent scares, and then this one... It kind of, I know, it's directed by the guy who did the Curse of La Riona, and that I wasn't a fan of that one either. And it seems like it's kind of the same with this. And the issue now is we're starting to get to a point where they're telling the best stories. And even though they do have technically their best stories, the the, the movies aren't that good. Uh the nun should have been great, like the whole tie together and everything, but it ended up just being, in my opinion, boring. And then this, which is based on a, a true, true crime case, and I, I usually love like stuff like this, but how they made it super boring, in my opinion, and uh, that's something you don't do in horror. Uh, there was some things here or there that I really enjoyed, like I said, that opening scene the opening exorcism. I, I love that. And I would have liked to have seen something very similar to that, but with like a bit, a bit more investigative, but it just, it just turned out that this movie just really disappointed me. Uh, there's been a bit of a, 
a long wait between the, the other two movies and it suffers in my opinion it suffers and i think one of the main reasons why the first two were good was you had james wan who is a fantastic director involved and since he's passed the reins on and only has like a producer role the the movies have gone weaker and i don't know where they go from here they've tried to do this whole movie uh franchise like this whole conjuring universe and it's fallen flat all throughout so i if if it was up to me i would like to see see this as kind of being the end of the Conjuring universe. I think they've uh, they've hit a wall. Uh, same with uh, Insidious, uh, both those movies. I, yeah, the only thing really is that I would actually want to see, but then I'm kind of afraid, was they're still promising a Crooked Man movie. And uh, if it's going to be anything like this or anything like The Nun, I don't want it because the when he featured in the second one, he was an amazing looking monster, but then everything else is, is a shame. So as from, so even though I've kind of been the, the acting was good, had some great actors in it. Uh, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson. And even one of my favorite actors, uh, he, he's amazing. He's amazing. Uh, he, he recently was in The Boys. He's been in Lord of the Rings. He's in Fringe. John Noble. Uh, he plays a prominent role in this. And he's amazing. Uh, the acting really pushed this up when the story was weak. And even then, the story should have been strong considering uh, what, what went on in this movie but just some bad direction and some bad choices really put it down for me. So it went, I, it's the start of the movie. I was like, okay, this is a four. Then as the movie went on, it's just gone down and down. And towards the middle, I had this as a one, but then from there uh, towards the end with some of the acting choices and some of the, uh, the stylistic choices, it, it became a mediocre movie. This is a two blanks movie. Uh, what did you think if you've seen this? It's available on HBO Max or video on demand. If you want to check it out and give me your thoughts, uh, like, comment, and uh, subscribe. Also, if you want to check out daily reviews, uh, tune in tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to participate in the game of death. Later, guys. Hey everybody, James here from Beaver Does Podcast, and I decided for the sixth day of Horror Week to check out a movie from Shudder. Saturday. It's usually a good source for new and original and different style of horror movies. I've really been enjoying their originals or stuff that is not available anywhere else, but they pick up the rights and stuff like that. So uh, if you like Shudder, uh, throw down below if you have any recommendations from Shudder, I've been pretty much ripping right through it, but sometimes they uh, low-key put some stuff in there that turns out to be pretty amazing after a while. I have a, a whole year subscription, uh, and it's worth it just for some of their original content, Creepshow being one that I really enjoy. Now onto the movie. This is Game of Death. No, it's not the Bruce Lee movie. It came out in 2017. It is a Montreal, Quebec, Canada production. And 
the whole thing is about a killer board game. Uh, well, actually, it is a killer board game because it's about they play this game and then it randomly cuts them and it soaks in the blood. And then from there, we, we start to uh, have some bad situations happen. And I'm a big fan of this kind of uh, genre. I don't really see maybe a subgenre where ordinary people are forced to do some horrific stuff because of an outside uh, sources. There's this Thai movie called, um, I think it's like 11 questions or something like that. And it's about a person who receives a phone call and is told kill with a fly. And as, and for each uh, quest they do, they get more and more money until it gets even worse and worse. I think he also got a remake, which wasn't as good, but I really enjoyed it. I really like it because it kind of focuses on how people react. And that's uh, a genre, a subgenre or whatever that I generally enjoy. Now, this, on the other hand, I, I did like it. I did like the premise. I did like the idea. I just feel it was too long. I think the number that they picked for this was a detriment to this i think having 24 people dying rather than it being maybe because this is around seven people it should have been maybe eight or nine just so that you still have that um non-safeness if they do skip one but still you know as tension and stuff like that i think the number was way too high and in my opinion, it kind of made it drag. This movie uh, has some interesting ideas. Uh, I really do like the the violence and the gore. It, it definitely is low budget, but for what it was, it was uh, a pretty interesting idea. And I did like it. I just think the number that they picked really went against it. I, I, I understand what they were going for. They wanted like a big massacre scene, but... I don't know, it, it just kind of held it back because the, st- the stakes, in my opinion, wasn't there. Um, but I did like some of the characterizations. I did like the way that they start to develop it in people that were like, hey, don't do this. And then you have one who just outright goes crazy and is just killing people just for the sake of it, just to save his own skin. And it was very interesting that, that the way they went about it. Like I said, it's also a pretty short movie. It's an hour and 13 minutes. So uh, it's definitely worth your time. And it doesn't dr- it doesn't drag in, in the time. It's just sometimes in a movie and with its story, it just feels like it drags on and on and on. Maybe like this review. Uh, <laughs> but I did enjoy it. Uh, there's some really good uh, set pieces. There's a really cool uh, animated se- sequence, which often um turns me against it but it kind of added to it a little bit there is what this really dumb part which is like almost a uvi bowl move which was a character they're talking in a car and he goes hey hit that person which is kind of funny because every time i'm in the car with my my other half i like to tease her by going hey hit them but that's that's a little joke but in this they go hey hit that person and like no this ain't calm again and then they they cut to the video game Carmageddon. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, like I said, it's a Uwe Ball shot. 
because I've seen him do that, like House of the Dead. They did that, and it was dumb then, and it's still dumb now. So as for my review, uh, just just for that alone, it, it drops a point. I'm I'm gonna give this two blanks. I don't want I can't give it a good just because I feel like they kind of gave themselves too tall of an order with the number of people to keep to kill, but then it just kind of falls flat. I did like um, I another issue I did have was also that some of the characters are too unlikable. Uh, sometimes you got to have like the regular people and have them just be suffering in this predicament that's kind of what draws you to this whole thing but unfortunately because uh most of them are unlikable i was like i don't care if you live or die so it was it was that whole thing so yeah definitely a two blanks so we have one more day of horror week and i usually use the letterbox app i have quite a bit of a watch list and so what i've decided to do is i'm going to find the number one rated horror movie that is on my watch list uh, so i'll see you guys tomorrow and i hope you have a fantastic weekend hey everybody james here from beaver does podcast and for horror week it is the last day uh, i enjoyed it the, apart from the middle there was some uh, terrible stuff in the middle unfortunately a lot of letdowns in my opinion but i've decided to end the week on a high note and i decided to put in the highest rated movie on letterboxd that i have not yet seen so that ended up being the lighthouse directed by robert eggers of the wonderful the witch it is a movie about two lighthouse attendants who antagonize each other and deal with the consequences uh starring william defoe and robert pattinson and robert pattinson to me uh, is the shining example of someone who was started off in something that as an actor that wouldn't interest me at all to now I want to check out everything this guy does and it's just, it keeps getting better and better and I'm enjoying his work more and more William Defoe is William Defoe an amazing actor now on to the movie oh, this movie was super intense this movie really like held me long you know held me long some interesting visuals uh just the perform it's the performance between the two actors Defoe and Patterson uh pretty much drive this movie home as a great great movie and then we've also got some wonderful choices in directing by Eggers uh he decided to make this black and white uh, he really cramped down the screen, which really added to the atmosphere that they were kind of uh, locked in together and it was all forced and cramped. And I think that was a stylistic choice for this movie because this whole movie is about two men that are stuck in a lighthouse and slowly but surely growing mad, you know, going to a descent of alcoholism and just general bad bad blood between each other and it really worked and I will still remember the end of this movie throughout my time because this movie has like this real wonderful like just piercing end that just it, 
is just a great, great movie. Uh, like now, now here's the thing: I've been debating. I've been really debating on the the score I want to give this because it's shot beautifully, wonderful acting, uh, shocking visuals, great horror that kept me invested throughout. Like in between, I actually had to do something, and I rushed that to get back to this movie because it was that fantastic and it engrossed me throughout. So I decided in my third week of doing this, that this will be the first ever five blanks. This movie is fantastic. It's wonderful. And it just kept me throughout. And I'm, I'm considering a second watch just to like catch any little bits and pieces. But other than that, Go out and find it. Amazon Prime here in Canada has this available. Uh, go check it out. And so that is the end of the week. Thank you guys for checking out. We'll go back to a regular schedule. I actually have a movie that I've watched, which I'll be doing a review soon, which will be coming out on the Monday as I watch the Guy Ritchie joint, Rafa Man. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys, and I'll catch you tomorrow.